Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the Pac-Man podcast. I'm Ted Flint. Pac-Man stands for Patriotic American Citizen, or PAC, I should say. With me this morning as we record this, it's morning, is my uh, oldest child, my daughter Madeline. And we're going to talk about one specific issue for the next 15 minutes. It's about the Cambridge Indian mascot. It's been the Cambridge Indians for how long, honey? Decades? Oh, for, for a long time, probably a century. I don't know. I mean, way longer than I've existed. <laughs> and now some white liberals, three of whom sit on the school board, want to change that. They, they say it's offensive. It's offensive to them, the white liberals. They say it's offensive to Native Americans and to people of color. They want to change it. And they're going about it underhandedly. Why don't you explain the whole process and what we've had to endure for the last several weeks and what we had to endure and witness last night. Um, last night was just kind of the icing on the cake for this whole situation. It's been ongoing since around last year. They waited until the start of a worldwide pandemic to um, introduce this issue again, because I guess it had been uh, spoken about 20 years ago or something, and, and some changes were made to the imagery because it was too offensive and it was outdated or something because the Indian had on a headdress, but it was an Indian chief. Of course he had on a headdress. Um, it was, it, it was, um, that's the idea, you yeah. know, and, and some of the same people who were involved in trying to change it then are involved in changing it now. The same Alinskyites in the arts community. They are. And what's worse about it now is they're taking in a lot of young kids. Some of them that I've seen are, are eighth graders, ninth graders. They're talking about how offensive this mascot is. And they're talking about how terrible it is to represent somebody or a group of people who has already been um, oppressed for so long. But why would you wipe Indians off of things? They're, they're already 2.09% of the American population here. They're barely existing on the country as it is. The um, Native American lady was wiped off the butter package. You know, that, that was offensive. Oh, yeah, Mrs. Butterworth. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't see what the problem with that is. I think she was beautiful. I, don't, I mean, oh, I have okay. Native American I forgot about heritage. that. Yeah. yeah. Like mom's black and you're white and then mom has Native American um, heritage on her side. So that's carried down in me and, and my siblings. Mm -hmm. And, I and never you're not, saw a, you're not offended. No, no. And there's other Native Americans in this town who also stood up against all this. They're not offended by it. And we're being told by white leftists that we should be. And, and they say they're not racist. But why I think a white person telling a person of color that what they're thinking is not as important as their idea is it's like backhandedly racist. Now they they knew when this process started what was going to happen. They created this uh, this third party, this the mediators, mediation. Yeah. the mediation unit to try to mediate the dispute. But I mean, the mediators were biased. They're leftists. Oh, definitely. Now, just talk about this this these forming these circles that they had you people form. This is unbelievable. Um, I did attend one of the community circles. I think. They presented that idea to the town as this peaceful way to get everybody's voices heard and it was going to be a safe space so that we could say whatever we wanted without feeling um, like there was a hostile environment. And um, they were only hostile towards the conservatives, of course. The mediators had everybody pass around a crystal, which I think was part of an occult. <laughs> it is. Um, it's, it's a new age symbol and it's certainly not of God, but uh, you took well, part in atheists, this. So they wouldn't know. They're, they're, yeah, they're atheists. Um, I took part because I wanted to hear what it was that their point was about this whole mascot thing. And I heard, I heard everybody introduce themselves and then tell me their zodiac signs and then go on to say, 
like, you know, F the Native American people who want to keep the mascot pretty much. And I, if that's yeah. not racist, I don't know what is. Yeah, we don't we don't want to offend the Native Americans, but F the Native Americans is right. what they're saying. The typical yeah. liberal uh, approach to everything. If you don't agree with their points of view, they they try to shut you down and they they uh, demonize and marginalize their opposition. And it's really uh, it's un, it's unpatriotic. You don't it's it's immoral. But again, they, these people don't know God, a majority of them. And that's really the issue here. But there are some Native Americans, one in particular on the school board, who's, I think, a full-blooded Oneida. He wants to keep the mascot. He's proud of what it stands for. He's proud of its heritage. And he was just steamrolled by, by the, uh, the school board president last night. Talk about what he did. Um, so I was, I'm going to just mention those circles one more time. Um, that the Native American board member, he was in my circle group. And I'm, I'm honored to have gotten to speak with him because he's an excellent candidate. For this school board he represents the town and not only are we all we're, well both of us are native american we're we were there to represent the majority of the town who voted the thousands of votes ahead of the liberal um, candidates who ran for the town board and we're not doing this to save the mascot for ourselves because we're native american and we feel underrepresented while that is an issue um, we're there because there's so many more people who feel like that having the mascot is an honor and last night the board president came in and dodged everybody's questions. Apparently, they made a, a compromise. They made a decision to make a compromise in their last meeting. And he went back on his word, saying that he never decided on anything. And he did this in front of the whole town because a lot of people were on that um, WebEx call. And I think that's the issue right there, not doing this in person. He mm. knew that it was easy to keep everybody quiet. We were all just unmuted. We're behind screens. He That's can't right. see any of us. Yeah. It's all being done under the cover of COVID. These people love the COVID. It's worked out well for them. They should wear masks because what was done last night was a crime. <laughs> and I think uh, we need to have school board meetings like we used to. In person, the community should turn out and mass and just and attend these school board meetings and watch and listen to everything these people are doing because they're getting everything they want the left through the school board through their leadership and i think that's a, that's a lesson for the rest of us we need to get control first of the school board but the town board the village board this is how you control things the school uh, control things the school board sets policy they select superintendents now the superintendent was in att attendance last night he doesn't want to bite the hand that feeds him the school board president selected him, and he's, I guess he's going to get a raise too, I understand, the uh, superintendent. All this is just going on under the cover of darkness, under the cover of COVID, basically. And, they, and I think the townspeople don't realize what's happening. No, they don't. A lot of them haven't really been paying that close attention to this because they didn't think it would be such a terrible problem. And they didn't think it was going to continue on for so long behind closed doors. And, um, and it has. And that's why we need some more young conservative leaders to speak up on this, because mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who can. They are very smart and they're very well spoken. Um, but we've had it feels like all the liberal people here in this town have had such an easy time talking about whatever they want to talk about. Um, so I, I recently wrote a letter to the Board of Education talking about how um, the left has been. Oh, can we cut that out? Yeah. OK. Um, I recently wrote a letter to the Board of Education from the standpoint of a graduating senior, and um, I was just there to make a point on how autocratic the leaders are. And they they claim they hate like fascism and all that, but they are in putting themselves in a position of higher power. They 
are so ashamed of our town. Yeah, many of these people, many of the townspeople, uh, it's a it's a rural community. A lot of guys work with their hands, which is certainly something that we need more of. These people do not work with their hands. They they think they're better than we are. They get on boards and and they get to decide things. And that's okay. It's the democratic process. But we need to inform our side because there, frankly, there are more of us than there are of them. So I think we need to get involved. People need to get involved more closely into what's going on in the community. It's nice to, you know, and, I, and I'm very political at the state level and I work for the assembly, New York State Assembly. It's nice to look at what's happening in the state and around the country. But all politics is local, as Tip O'Neill once said, and he, he's, he was correct. I mean, we need to take care of business here at home first. A uh, couple of things here. I think we need to put something like this on a referendum. Put it before the people for a vote. That's the obvious answer to me. Put it to the people for a vote and let them decide. Why let three liberals on the school board decide something that's certainly going to affect our community for a long time? It's going to cost us money to change all these uh, logos off the school buses, off inside the school. Am I, am I right? Well, they just created the whole um, fitness center, and it has the Indian mascot on the flooring and on the ceiling and on all the panels and everything. They're going to take the, those symbols off now? I, don't, I guess tear up the floors and throw out all the jerseys for all the teams that we have, because um, that would make total sense. We spend so much money as it is. It's only money, and it's our money. So, I mean, that's what people need. To, <laughs> these people spend money like it's, like it's growing on trees. I mean, the federal government can print it, but we can't print it here. They just raise our taxes to pay for all this, this folly. And that's what it is. It's folly, in my view. Well, yeah, the whole woke movement <laughs> pretty much yeah. is folly. That's, that's why Cambridge shouldn't be giving in to the peer pressure from the rest of the country. There's no reason that we should. If there was systemic racism... No, that's a different story, but there isn't. Yeah, there isn't. And the rest of the world may not, it does, they don't have the same background as Cambridge, New York, where a tiny rural farm town with a strip of liberal arts in the middle of it. And um, our mascot is fitting because it's, we've, our town is built on Native American ground, historical mm -hmm. ground. The bus garage where the board took their vote to do away with the mascot is actually on Native American um, burial grounds ancient burial grounds. And that's why it took so long to build that bus garage, because there was a lot of contemplation over whether or not they should build on top of those sacred grounds. And here, those same grounds they walked on were the grounds that the board president was fine going right into the building. He knew exactly what he was going to do. And he, he retired that image on the very grounds that they, they had some really sacred rituals take place on. That, the irony in that is is rich. It's hilarious, isn't it? it it's unbelievable. You know, the, the one thing he said, the board president, that made sense, the only thing he ma said that made sense to me was anything that board did last night can be undone by a future board, which will happen in two weeks. July 1st, Shea Price assumes the seat, uh, the empty seat, I guess, or is he taking somebody's place? It's going to be 3-2 conservatives as of July 1st. Right now, it's 3-2 liberals. So any move they had to make, they had to make it before July 1st. The board president knew this. He knew this months ago when they started this uh, mediator nonsense. He knew that what he was going to do. They were not going to permit it because that's, that's you, you, you mentioned it. The word you used was autocratic. This is how these people are. They're dictatorial. And I think we need to change whatever we have to do to keep that mascot in place. We have to do one way or the other. We're going to keep the mascot. Yeah, I mean, they cry for democracy, too. Um, they talked about the whole insurrection being so um, undemocratic, but all the people were doing was exercising, exercising their, their constitutional right. rights, you know, and freedom that, of assembly. Exactly. That was on a federal level. Now, 
that, take that and carry that to a local level, all that we're doing is speaking up for ourselves because we have a constitutional right to do that. It's guaranteed to us. That's why America is so great. Um, and that's what we've been doing. We've been praying about it. And here I've heard people say that we're just rabble rousers. But at the protests that we had, the peaceful ones, to keep the mascot, the only rabble rouser was one car. Somebody liberal drove by and people were sticking their tongues out in the back. That's all yeah. it was. Yeah, the, the people calling you rabble rousers are the BLM supporters <laughs> mm -hmm. and the Antifa people. They're calling us <laughs> rabble rousers. I mean... It, it really, the irony there is certainly rich, and I, I know we're, we're getting uh, low on time here. Anything you want to add in closing? I think you've done a great job explaining the situation. Uh, the board president went back on his word. He said something about a referendum and then last night decided not to go through with it. Could you clear, just clear that up because that's important. Um, yeah, they had made a decision to um, create a group of people who would compromise with the the imagery they were going to keep the name and then change the imagery maybe come up with a new style and mm -hmm. something that was less traditional maybe something that was more modernized something that wouldn't be so offensive and maybe stereotypical mm -hmm. um and that seemed like a pretty good idea and then i guess there were a lot of agreements on it and a lawyer was involved with those agreements and then the president decided to turn his back on all of those words yeah. right in front of everybody. Just unilaterally, he decides, no, we're not going to go that way. All right. Uh, that's, I mean, obviously, they, that can't be allowed to stand. No, he, and he knew he could get that way because he had the majority. Um, but you could see him start to get nervous and everything <laughs> once he started being questioned by um, the conservative members on the board. And I don't know. That shouldn't be a thing between conservatives and liberals. That should be a thing between good ethics and morals right, and right. bad well, ones. Some people are moral and ethical and some aren't. And we saw who was not ethical or didn't act ethically last night. It's not a done deal. It's never a done deal. And I know a couple of weeks back when they had this, they made a decision to kind of uh, delay any kind of change. Everybody was happy. They thought maybe they had won. But as we saw last night, I think the board president was just buying his time. This whole business of getting a mediator is just a, it's, it's, it was done to buy them time to provide cover for them. And uh, I think we need, need to fight this because even after this is over, this issue will pass at some point one way or the other, but it's going to be something else because with these people on the left, it's never enough. They are never, ever happy and you have to defeat them. You can't. You can't work with them. I know the, uh, the the young man and the new addition to the school board wants to be conciliatory and work with them. You have to defeat these people. There's no compromising with them, unfortunately. In closing, you want to say anything? Um, just to close, I think that a compromise would be another way of saying that they won. Because yeah. they don't take a compromise as a way for both sides of the board to, to be heard and understood. I think a compromise means, okay, great, we got them to bend for us. Yeah. I mean, we saw this in the presidential election, the same types of people, the same types employing the same types of uh, methods. Yeah, it's, the ends justify the means. I mean, they, they stole our president from us and they're going to try to steal our, uh, our uh, mascot and we can't let them do it. Madeline, for 17 years of age, I was saying, you know, last night that if I were as poised as you when I was 17, I'd be, Lord knows, I'd be Rush Limbaugh right now. Maybe I'll be Rush Limbaugh. You're going to be the <laughs> new the, the new Candace Owens. All right, honey. Well, thank you very much for, for shedding some light on this issue for us. And we're going to have you back real soon. Any final statements before we go here? We have a face. We have a Facebook uh, page we can go to. Yes. The Cambridge, New York Indians, I think. There's a Facebook group. You can check it out where um, my article was posted there and to an Instagram page called Save the Mascot. 
um, I sent my letter to the Board of Education, not only to the board, but to those social media platforms too, to share it with the town. Um, and it would mean a lot if you would check it out and support because we, we need more voices on our side. And we had, you know, we had people from out of town, one guy from Clifton Park joining our side, carrying uh, the, the, uh, the sign saying, save the mascot. I mean, he, he sees what's at, at stake here. You don't have to be from Cambridge to get involved in this fight. I know the, uh, the other side has people from outside the area coming here. They're, fun- they're well-funded by the arts community and other, other sources. So, so we need to do the same. We need to band together people from outside of Cambridge, get involved in it. And we, we just uh, we thank you for listening. And, honey, thanks for shedding some light on this uh, topic for us. Well, thank you for having me on. All right, that wraps up this edition of the Pac-Man Podcast. If uh, you want to listen to this show and all the other fine shows we have for you, go to the bmgnetwork.com and you'll see the Pac Perspective. That's a column I write at least once a week. We have a number of columns up there, a number of fine shows, so check it out, the bmgnetwork.com. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. Thank you.